Hello team, it's Pam here from Alt Marketing School. I have a question for you right now and that is what would happen if you could market to hearts and not brains? What would you think would happen if you knew that you could make the world a better place with positive impact marketing but putting purpose and results first? If you want to find out, then come and join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Our six-week digital bootcamp for professionals who want to do marketing differently and advance their career along the way. Join me and our six incredible teachers to learn how to advance your career with confidence by applying effective systems and frameworks to the latest trends. The next cohort is coming up soon, so I would love to have you join us. And all you have to do is apply to join at altmarketingschool.com slash learn. Go to altmarketingschool.com slash learn to apply for the next cohort of all marketing school certification. Hello and welcome to Make an Impact Show, a podcast run by Creative Impact Co. Our mission is to help creatives grow their business, hone their marketing, and share their stories via outstanding content. Hello team and welcome back to the Make an Impact Show. It's Fab here again, your personal BFF, and I'm really excited to be back with another episode, obviously, but even better, we're going to have a member episode where we're going to, once again, introduce you to one of our incredible members. And this time is all about the awesome Amy Norton. And I'm so excited to have you hear what she has to say. And not just because we're going to talk about everything from expectations and expectations that we set on ourselves, not just others. We're going to be talking about changing in business, how to embrace the what-ifs, moving away from a lacking mentality, and why there are no unique messages, but unique messengers. So as you can see, there's going to be a lot we're going to cover on in this episode. And I'm so excited to have one of our members because I believe that introducing you to some of the people that make Creative Impact what it is, is a gift in itself that we have been given. In case you don't know Amy Norton, she first came to the mat in 2006. She's now a yoga teacher, but way back then she wasn't. She actually moved to Frankfurt from London to work as a translator. And she took her yoga teacher training at Inside Yoga. And that's where she started the side hustle that then became a full-time business. Today, Amy teaches regular classes in Frankfurt and to a blooming online community and gives retreats, workshops and teacher training across Germany and internationally. Amy is joyfully one of the best, incredible people you will ever meet. And I am biased, I know, but I'm going to say it. So I'm so excited that I can introduce you to her. And she's going to have so many lessons and reflections. They're going to be incredibly powerful, not just for fellow yoga teachers, but genuinely for everyone. So I really hope you're going to enjoy this conversation today. As a reminder, Amy is one of the members of the collective. So we do mention the community a few times. If you don't know about it, then, well, what are you doing? What are you waiting for? Go and check us out. If you go to creativeimpact.group slash collective, you can find more about us, about how you can get involved. Check out when the collective is going to be next open and join us as we help you by becoming the team that you didn't know you needed in your own business. 
Once again, very excited to have you meet Amy today, so let's crack on with today's show. Hello everyone and hello Amy. I'm really excited, like this is something really weird, but I talked to Amy who's with us today on the podcast roughly every week because she's always in our little office hours every single Monday. So it's nice to be able to catch up again by talking about different things. So uh, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for inviting me to join. I'm really excited. <laughs> and one of the beautiful things is that a lot of the guests we have on the show, we know, or I know from different ways, some of them are new, but a lot of them I have an understanding of. And Amy being one of our members, Let's put it this way. I have a really good knowledge about your journey, um, not just when it comes to obviously who you are, also when it comes to your business, because you definitely had a lot more experience and you had a lot of work before you came to us, but also about the transitions that happened in the past year for yourself. And this is why aside from the fact that I love chatting to you, which is very selfish, uh, I thought we could share the same conversation with other people as well. But I know you, but our audience is like, who is this gorgeous Amy tell us more so I actually a couple of questions um to break the ice for everybody else uh, and I'm gonna pop them up right now and actually I don't know some of these ones myself so I'm quite excited Amy even if you've been a member for over a year now yeah first question for you we're ready yes (laughs) excellent this is a hard one what would be Amy a trivia category you'd be really good at and why okay I'm really good at language questions. So like grammar stuff and and geeky things like that. <laughs> I would say. Yeah. That. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow up on that because again, if you if you are if you're a listener, if you've been quite loyal for the last years, you know that I have a language background as well. That's another thing we vibe off. So my question would be, is it grammar in general, or you would go down deep and say, let's say German grammar, let's say X, Y, and Z grammar, or you feel like anything related to kind of that sort of linguistics is kind of your jam? I'd say general. It's also things like, things like where does this word come from and stuff like that, like that, that those, or like, yeah, foreign words in the English language, like what does that mean? Or things like, like those kind of, like the kind of early questions that come up on who wants to be a millionaire, like those ones. <laughs> I love it. That is a specific category in itself. I absolutely love it. And I'm a massive fan of semantics myself. So that kind of makes my heart sing. So I, I, I genuinely love that. Again, I shouldn't have been surprised because I, I do know your, your background and languages background, but I love that. Now, this might relate to it or it might not. My second question, actually. I want to know what is the first job that you had? What did you do for it? And what did you learn from it? So I actually started working really early. I think I started working when I was 14 and I worked in a bar and I collected glasses and I used to re- re- restock the shelves. I was like the, the glass collector, as we were called though in those days. Uh, I don't even know if you have them anymore. But yeah, I think, you know what, that like, it really just taught me the the ethic of hard work because it, it was really hard work. It was physical, it was long shifts. And I was really, when I was younger, I wanted a job. Like I really had to persuade people to give me that job. I really like talked my way into it because I just really wanted to earn my own money. So there's always been that work ethos anyway. And that job kind of really showed me like 
you know, just put the hard work in and, and, you know, that that's, that's how you get through kind of thing. So, yeah. Absolutely love that. And a lot of people actually, <clears throat> when I ask this question, I've started from the service industry or that. Yeah. So I think is, is interesting because it also teaches you a lot about working hard or even working with people. One of my first jobs when I came to the UK, I had a lot of more jobs when I was in Italy, but was um, in a kitchen at the old student union when I was at uni for the one year abroad I did. And I've got a similar vibe to you. It really taught me hard work and it really taught me just how to understand how to deal with like these type of jobs and the things that you need to get done and actually find it rewarding as well, which was interesting because it wasn't, there wasn't a lot. <laughs> to yeah. Completely. I completely understand that. There's, I was like that person I used to really get a kick out of making sure that all the bottles were displayed properly and like making sure that everything was really stocked up and yeah there's definitely that side of it as well that kind of feeling of like that kind of work where you literally see what you've done also has a really nice side to it so yeah <laughs> love that woman after my own heart and last but not least now we're going back actually forward I would say not back to today and I'm going to ask you a question that is related to everything we do I guess which is what does making an impact mean to you, Amy, and why? So making an impact to me means leaving the world behind a, a little bit better than I found it. So that could be somebody leaving my yoga class with a smile on their face because they were feeling a little bit down beforehand. That could be creating a nice space to do a yoga class, you know, I don't know, lighting some candles or changing the lights, like even on that level. And obviously on a more long-term thing, people that practice with me over a long period of time, having a positive impact on their lives by them finding what they're looking for in my classes, you know, that's different for everybody. So, it, um, you know, it's difficult to put a pin on it, but you know, whether that means a better relationship to their body or um, finding more calm in their everyday, finding a better work-life balance, um, that would be kind of the long-term impact that I try to create with my work, just because that's what I gained from, from my yoga practice. So that's what I seek to, to pass on to others. And I love that you go back to, like by even just saying, like making the world a, a tiny bit better, like, and then breaking it down, obviously. Then how I find it also reminds us that sometimes we feel to make an impact, we have to do a lot or we have to, which is great to dream big. But I also find, as you say, if somebody shows up on the mat and for the hour manages to get more clarity around something or maybe make a decision to change something after practice, I think that in itself can be a really transformative thing. And I also believe that as the people that are really creative, because I also know you are, and also people that are ambitious in their own ways, sometimes and that's what I would love to hear as well from you we we want to push ourselves which I think is awesome but also we need to remember that in order to be able to show up at our best for others we need to actually reassess our expectations from ourselves I think that a lot of people say this and I agree that like we are the hardest ones when it comes to setting expectations for ourselves other people's expectations 90% of the time are actually much lower than the ones that we set for ourselves and this is kind of what I wanted to ask you, actually, almost based on, I think, that the journey that you've had as a yoga teacher, and especially in the last two years, I feel a lot of us have kind of shifted and really sped up that journey in one way or another. So I would love to hear, like, in general, a bit of the journey, but also especially when it comes to setting expectations for yourself and adapting to those as well. Yeah. yeah, that's really interesting that you mentioned that, because that's it's precisely something that I've really been I'd say kind of working on over the last few years is 
exactly that like what where are these expectations that I have of myself coming from and are they realistic because that's something that I'm very good at setting unrealistic expectations on myself and kind of assessing that and and I'm also one of those people that I like to grow all the time like I like to be growing improving developing myself which is obviously why I love the yoga practice that's what, what drew me in but actually these last two years have been really about taking a step back and asking myself before each step like okay why am I taking this step am I taking it because it's something that I really want or it's because I feel like I need to grow or I need to do another thing rather than you know taking a moment to smell the roses as you could say like taking a moment just to enjoy being where you are and I think it's really important for especially for kind of um, solopreneurs people that are working on their own business to be clear about that like am I taking this step just to take another step just to go a little bit further or am I taking it because it's actually where I want to be going and um, that's something that I've been working on a lot over the over the last that well yeah this period I suppose like kind of corona had us all really slow down and there was that moment of like oh my goodness what's going to happen now and then actually I, I experienced a lot of growth over the last year and a half um and then now as we're going back to the new normal kind of assessing okay which parts of that growth do I want to continue with and which parts do I maybe want to leave behind and part of that is obviously those expectations like where are they coming from myself or and are they realistic or are they coming from my perception or my assumption is probably the better word of expectations from outside because like you said we often assume they're a lot bigger than they actually are I'm going to ask you something related to this now because I think it's really really interesting and my question would be how I'm going to ask you how easy it is even if the answer is not easy but how easy is it to let go of things that as you say served you for a specific time you know the great example with, with corona and everything but then you have to let them go because again, maybe there's a new chapter. In this case, it's the new normal. How easy is it? And what can you learn? Or what have you learned from letting go of some things that you know served you for a specific time, but they're not going to be serving you in the future? Because that's an excellent point that you made. And I think one that a lot of people struggle with. Definitely. I think the short answer is it's not easy at all, <laughs> which I think you expected. But yeah, so I, I, I mean, you know, I had I had one of those kind of situations over the last last few months when I actually started out self-employed. I was do I had two businesses. So I'm a, I'm a translator, which is, again explains the grammar stuff. I'm a translator on the one hand. I'm a yoga teacher on the other. And I had been continuing the translation for a long time, even though the yoga had gotten to a point where I could live from it and where I was doing very well with it. And I'd been holding on to the, to the translation for a long time, kind of like a safety blanket. And um, so the thing that helped me to let go of that, I mean, I'm when it comes to that kind of thing, I often think if I let go, what if that happens or what if that happens was to very consciously sit down and flip those what ifs and think about, yeah, but what if when I release translation, for example, I have so much more time to do things for my other business or, and what if I, by releasing the translation, I have more mental capacity to be creative um, for example. So I think for me, it's about flipping that narrative and thinking about the positives that can happen of letting something go rather than focusing on what will be lacking. Um, yeah. And by doing it, that's exactly what happened. It was a kind of a weight that fell off of my shoulders. It was something that I didn't 
necessarily miss or it's it's not like I now feel like I don't have enough quite the opposite I feel like I have more of an abundance of that mental capacity of that time to concentrate on other things that are more fulfilling to me right now yeah I love that and actually what's been really interesting that might resonate with people uh, listening as well is that on the same as you say was over a couple of months that that happened and on the same chats as I mentioned at the beginning Amy is quite good she always she almost always shows up on Monday mornings uh, for the goal setting session we have and I think over three weeks around that time everybody that usually is quite regular and showed up was experiencing a similar thing we were kind of all reassessing and that's also why I asked you the question and I'm glad you brought the example in everybody was saying yeah I'm letting go of this or I'm trying to transition away from that and I think as you say a lot of us have have had to reframe and I'm wondering whether on top of what you mentioned which I love that positive what if I also think a lot of us collectively has have experienced a worst case scenario that we didn't thought was possible in different ways and we realized that even in the worst case scenario most of us you know made it positively or made it kind of okay obviously not everyone in every circumstances but I think it reminded us of like well if I manage to get through and go past this then maybe actually letting go of this thing that no longer serves me or stop using this as a safety blanket, as you said, is the way forward. And that I found really interesting because it all came about in the same kind of three to four weeks that we're going through things together. Everybody was saying, I'm letting go of this. I am moving away from this. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. Now, I have a question that is slightly different, but it kind of goes, goes well with what we're talking about which is almost stepping back and looking at these changes and this transformation. And I find that there's also been a change and a shift in another community, which you're really obviously uh, active on, which is the overall, I think, yoga community and yoga teachers and the whole space. Everybody came online. Everybody almost could just do things online. And I know that you're not just really in touch with your students. You're also very connected with teachers and not just because you train them as well. You do some training too. So I was wondering what were some of the highlights or some of the big things that you think have shifted also for yoga teachers themselves when it came to this pastime and these, I would say, like challenges and lessons? Yeah, so I think especially for the yoga, I mean, everybody had the thing that they had to go online, right? No matter what industry you're in. But I think for yoga teachers, it was specifically well, quite difficult because we depend so much on that interperson connection. And I think a lot of yoga teachers, myself included, were kind of scared that you would lose that by going online. And I must admit, I was quite reluctant at the beginning when we didn't know how long this was all going to last, you know, when we kind of thought, oh, it will be a couple of weeks and, you know, proved ourselves wrong. Um, But yeah, I kind of was like, oh, do I really need to do this? And I had to push myself to to actually go online. And I saw that in a lot of yoga teachers that, that they were reluctant to do it because of that because we are so we that's our tool right like um, creating a certain energy in a room directing that energy and creating an experience and I think it was that fear that we wouldn't be able to do that online and I think we proved ourselves wrong actually because I've had some events that have been online that have been amazing and fantastic and each person is in their own space but you just still really feel that energy so there's that side of it that it it forced us, I think, to take a step that we would have had to take at some point anyway. It was, I mean, it was happening. There's been online yoga for a long time, but not really for 
that many teachers. It was quite a select few that were online. And I think that pushed a lot of yoga teachers to take that step that would have taken a lot, lot longer to take. So that was the, a positive thing of it in that sense. And the other thing that's been really fantastic is the fact that you can practice for me as a practitioner and as a yoga teacher, you can practice with teachers that aren't close to you. You know, so I've been practicing with teachers from the UK. I live in, in Germany um, and, and, you know, I've been practicing with teachers from the UK online. I have people in my classes from the UK or from um, around Germany or from German, other German speaking countries or even as far as Colombia and Canada. And, you know, they're, they're people that I wouldn't have been able to connect with if it weren't for that situation. So it's a way to for us to widen our impact and to create a connection in ways that we wouldn't be able to do otherwise. So that's really been the positive thing. And I think for those that have embraced it, they've really noticed that. I have one question follow up to that, because I think it's super relevant for teachers, obviously also for personal trainers, but I think for anybody that is still trying to keep a hybrid of online and offline, and I know you are, again, as a reminder, Amy's is a member, so we talked about it. So I know that you're also bringing both the online and the offline together. You're not necessarily dropping one. But one of the biggest things is still being able to create that connection, especially with the students. So I think it's different from everyone. I think there's a variety of ways that you can do it. For yourself, what was one way, or what is one way that you really think you are able to create still that connection, even when you are talking to a screen instead of a person? Yes. So for me, uh, one way that we do, I mean, I I use Zoom for a lot of my classes, not all of my online classes. I do have some that are pre-recorded, but I use Zoom for a lot of them. And a nice thing that we do is at the beginning of class, I kind of say hello to everybody. Obviously, people have an opportunity to say hello. to. There's that interaction. And um, I take a moment at the beginning of class to ask everybody how they're feeling. So we have like a scala from one to five, one being like, oh, I was going to stay in bed, but I came to do yoga. (laughs) Five being like, I'm ready to go and, you know, I'm feeling great. And that's like a really small thing that I found at the beginning of the class just helps me to see how the students are doing, you know, to see how how they're feeling on that day. But also it's a way for them to to connect with me, like like to to let me know how they're doing and to, to feel heard and seen. I have a big TV screen where I see all of the people that have their cameras on. So that helps as well. And I use that to create a connection but that those moments at the beginning of class are really precious and a really a really nice way to create the connection before we go into into the practice that's a good reminder i think because again tooting our own horn so (laughs) kids but we do that a lot as well and i always try to make sure that especially with members but also in general uh, we try to create a sort of welcoming experience where people are coming in and for example, something that we started doing, which is similar, that's what I want to mention, if people are not necessarily yoga teachers, um, a way for us to start at the goal setting is that now I just ask people similar to your scale, because everybody usually has the camera on because it's a small group. So we are, I ask people to show almost like on a scale with their hand that they can go up and down. And that helps me understanding where people are at. And usually I would almost encourage to share first to the people that I see are be struggling and kind of make them feel like, okay, I see you. And I think that's really important. And it can be done also, I want to say, in a webinar style, which is harder because you can't see the people and you might think you're not going to be able to connect with them. But you can actually do these small things in different ways. As you say, it's just about understanding how can I connect with them? How can I make them reflect 
or how can I get some feedback about where my people are at? So I love that you mentioned that because I think it can apply for any industry, any sort of live call or online connection that you want to create. We tend to rush for it or, or kind of like run away from it and be like, let's just skip the introduction. Let's get straight into the meat of the things. And I think people are a bit over that. People want to go back to those connections. So you need to remember to make time for them, I think. Definitely, definitely. Now, Ziz, I, I do has um, a very inspiring question here, <laughs> which is a hard one because I'm going to ask you to think about one word. So if you were to describe Creative Impact as a loyal member in one word, which word would you pick? I would say I'm going to go with supportive. There are a couple that are going around my head, but I think that's the thing that really sticks out for me, like the, the supportive nature of it and the that feeling of, yeah, just having a feeling of somewhere to, to go and some people to speak to when, when I need support, definitely. Would you say, what would you say is the, the thing that you love the most or the place that you go back to when it comes to coming back to the community? Is there something that you think this is what I really want to do every week or every month or every day or whatever it is? So, I, well, I mean, like you said, at the weekly, the Monday mornings are always so nice, just as a way to start the week, to check in, especially, I mean, I, the thing that I loved about working in, when I used to work in an office setting was the team feeling, like that was the thing that I felt the, that I found the hardest to let go of. Um, so that kind of gives me that in a, in a mini form, which is just really nice. And especially because it's at the beginning of the week. I mean, I tend to work weekends, so Mondays is kind of, not, not a traditional Monday all the time, but still it just kind of sets you up and gives you that feeling of there are other people out there that are kind of going through the same things or that can give me some advice on, on, on certain things that I'm struggling with and just that feeling of, of connection as well. I suppose that, that's part of it as well, definitely. I love that you mentioned like having a team or kind of recreating that team feeling because I remember that that's something that I also loved when I was in my, in my old job, to be honest, and it was a lot of moons ago and then I realized that actually a lot of the times especially when you're a solopreneur when you are like even a yoga teacher or you have a small business your team might be small or with your team you might have a different type of connection because they're more contractors or maybe they do different things and so sometimes it's kind of nice to think outside the box and say again really grateful that we can be your team in the way that we can all go through this together and feel safe to be able to share where you're at or kind of share questions that you have. So again, I know that is a bit a big thing that a lot of people resonate with. And it's almost a reminder that you don't have to build a big team as an entrepreneur if you don't feel that that is what you need. If what you need is the support or the accountability, you can find it in other places. And I think that's really important to remember because as you say, helps you when you need that motivation or you just want to be heard as well. Definitely. I, that's, that's really, a, that's a really good point as well. Like the fact that you don't have to make a team to have that feeling, because I think, yeah, again, that's the thing of when you're navigating your business or deciding where you want to take it sometimes. Yeah. I feel like you feel like that needs to be the next logical step just because it's the thing to be done. Whereas there are other ways that you can have that experience. Now, aside from a lot of lessons that we talked about, what would you say is the biggest lesson that you actually have learned from I would say I'm actually going to change slightly I was going to ask you about showing up online but I'm actually going to go with the biggest lesson that you've learned over the past two years uh, through evolving and I would say adapting and changing your business I think I don't know if you would call this a lesson but I think for me it's really 
help to boost my self-belief. Like, I think there's a lot, there's so, I mean, there's so much yoga out there, right? There's just so much yoga, which is a great thing because I, I mean, obviously I'm going to say this, I think everybody should do yoga in some form or the other, but there is, for me as well, I often had that feeling of, oh, there are so many others, you know, I'm just like a small fish in this big ocean and I have nothing original to say. I have nothing new to say. Whereas this year has really taught me that, that, that I heard, I heard the quote somewhere. I don't know who it's from, but there are no unique messages. There are only unique messengers. And this year has really taught me that it's important that I say what I have to say, because the people that need to hear that and need to hear that in the specific way that I say it will find their way to me um, and will stay. And that's what this year has taught me because I've really been able to build up such a lovely community online over this year. And also the consistency, I think that's the other really important lesson. The consistency has been really great. Like I continued even when the lockdown, when we opened back up, like I still kept going with the online stuff and that consistency and also the self-belief to just say, like to let, you know, communicate what I have to say and not worry about always having to be original all the time. I think those two things have what have helped me to build up that community over this period and what have kept them there, <laughs> I think, yeah. It's a good combination as well. You have the self-belief, but also you say the consistency. And I think it's hard to keep the consistency when self-belief is lacking because, Again, talking about teams that we mentioned a few times and accountability, a lot of the times you are on your own and even with a support system that is with you, they cannot be with you 24-7. So sometimes when you're just like in the morning and you have to do something manual and you think, I just can't be asked to write or I can't be asked to put this thing up because I need to work on it, I need to create it, I need to shoot it. So I think, again, it's, it's a good combination of, of both and also a great reminder that you know, there's an element, obviously, of strategy, an element of showing up, but there's also an important thing that you are the person who has to do it. And so kind of being able to work and prioritize also your self-belief, your confidence and, you know, and your own kind of mental well-being is really important as well, I believe. Definitely, definitely. And I think that's another thing, the whole that the I mean, that show that's been for everybody, no matter if you have your own business or not, is slowing down and, you know, being forced to slow down and being forced to. Uh, take stock of some things I think has also helped on that level of like mental well-being which aspects are good for me which aspects aren't good for me which ones do I want to prioritize which ones do I maybe want to delegate or give to someone else um, if I can and yeah and that enables you then to show up consistently because you know you're not burnt out all of the time now thank you so 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 much for joining us today it's always a joy to chat to you and even more so when we can do it also on a very official note of podcasting uh but obviously it's always great to chat to you thank you so much also for the joy and and the support that you bring to everyone including fellow members i just want to say this because it means a lot and if we can celebrate you as well that's always a great thing nowsies i want to know something to finish off from you and this is a question that we ask everyone so be prepared Amy, to finish off, if you were to have brunch, brunch with anyone, dead or alive, who would this person be and why? Brunch. Uh, okay. Oh, God, this is hard. I think I'm going to say Beyonce. It's a bit random. <laughs> Probably could be brunch going to a party. 
But um, I think, oh, yeah, I'm going to stick with Beyonce. I was also almost going to change it to Alicia Keys. One of the two. They're just two women that really, really inspire me. And I think that I'm a very mu uh, like a musical person. So when I think of like my teenage years, but even now when I'm feeling like I need a push or need a bit of motivation, they're the, they're the two people that I would turn to. I've just snuck it in that I have two now. Um, <laughs> but babes uh, brunch, babes brunch. I can, I can dig that. Brunch for free. But also just because they kind of buck the trend and they're not afraid to say, you know, I'm going to do something a little bit differently. And that's something that I really admire and something that I also strive to do. Um, so I think it would be, yeah, that would that would be my answer. Now, my lovely, if people want to find out more about you, they want to check out your classes, they want to ask you questions, they want to do a bit of healthy research, where should they go? Direct them in all the good places. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram, Amy Norton Yoga, just all together. Just to put it in there, it's Amy with an I, not with a Y. <laughs> um yeah it's an important piece of information uh and my website is also amynorton.yoga uh so there you'll find everything and you can sign up to my newsletter which i send out regularly with updates on all of my classes my workshops but also some nice little snippets in there for you like book recommendations or um journaling things that you can be doing um or recommendations from the yoga world just things that i'm excited about so yeah, if you want to get in touch with me, please do. I would love to um, meet you and do yoga with you or maybe just have a chat via Instagram. Um, yeah, and I hope to make an impact for you too. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check our show notes for more juicy goodness about this episode. If you loved it, please take some time to give us five stars on iTunes. And make sure that you let us know your ha-has and takeaways on Instagram at creativeimpactco. Also, you can find out more about us on our website at creativeimpact.group. <laughs>